Good afternoon, EC fam. It's time to lift up the precious name of Jesus Christ. Come on, the Bible says there's no other name given unto men by where we must be saved. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? You might have had a tough week, but let me tell you, you're in the presence of the Lord. You might have some questions, but I'm telling you, you're here with your answer. Come on, go ahead and lift up a shout of praise. Two heads. 
Jesus. Lord, you're so good. We magnify your name in this place, Lord. There's nobody like you. You're the God of the impossible, Jesus. Be 
Jesus. He's a good God. Amen. He is the God of the impossible. All things through Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful for his presence in this place. I'm thankful to be here. I want to welcome you to Extraordinary Church. This is the perfect place for imperfect people. My name is Isabella Sandoval. And at this time, we want to invite our kids ages 2 to 11. They'll go downstairs and have an amazing time learning about God downstairs in E-Kids. And at EC, we are all about connecting with one another. And so I want to encourage you to take a few moments, get out of your seats, and say hello to a neighbor. Praise God. Let's go ahead and return to our seats. Let's get tapped into what God has for us today. Amen. Tell your friend you'll see them later. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Stephen Funes. We're going to take a moment to talk about next steps and a few announcements. 
first and foremost. If today is your first time visiting with us, welcome. We are so glad you are here. Yes. If you would like to become better connected to EC and learn more about Next Steps, come on by our guest reception downstairs following today's worship experience. It's a great opportunity to connect with our EC staff and even make a new friend. Also, if you are a guest and have not already done so, just please take a moment, complete a connection card. It's your name, email, phone number, because not only do we have a special gift to say thank you for joining us today, but we would also love the opportunity to further connect with you. And we also have our brand new church bulletin, so right on the back you can scan that QR code and check out the virtual bulletin and stay up to date on all the extraordinary activities happening here at EC. Now, if you have not been tuning in to our Midweek Bible Connection, how many of y'all love Midweek Bible Connection? Yes. Well, shout out to Pastor Akil and his powerful new series titled Extraordinary Impact, Transforming Lives Through Spiritual Leadership. So be sure to check that out and be blessed. But every Wednesday online at 730, there's a powerful word for each of us. So be sure to join us online this Wednesday night at 730. Now, if you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ and discover your redemptive purpose, then Growth Track is for you. Growth Track is made up of three easy steps that equip you to find an extraordinary life, build an extraordinary life, and live an extraordinary life. Find it, build it, live it. It's just that simple. So register for your next step in Growth Track right on the EC app. Now, three big announcements. Are you ready? All right. First, join us next Sunday, July 30th for a special worship experience with our guest, Pastor Dan McLeod. Yes. He's known for his impactful and relatable sermons, but Pastor Dan brings a unique blend of faith, warmth, and scriptural insight to our EC family. So be ready for an enriching day of worship, fellowship, and spiritual growth next Sunday, July 30th. Secondly, on Sunday, August 6th, Grab your friends, gather your family, and mark your calendars for an unforgettable experience, our annual Friends and Family Day. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Now, surely we'll have some awesome music, life-changing preaching, but that's not all. We are turning up the excitement, bounce houses for the kids, ice cream truck, petting zoo, great food, chances to win cool prizes, so much more. So we want you to be comfortable that day, too, and fully enjoy the moment so you can come dress casual that day. Uh, there's two ways that you can make this event truly spectacular, okay? Number one, spread the word. Invite your friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors who deserve to join in on the summer fun with us. And secondly, volunteer your time. Be a part of making this day extraordinary by signing up as a volunteer. We got plenty of flexible shifts. so You can contribute to the event's success, but also enjoy the festivities as well. So we can't wait to celebrate with you Sunday, August 6th. Now, lastly, as you know, we exist to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Now, extraordinary kindness is all about living that out through our local community and sharing the love of God through practical acts of kindness. And so our hope is that serving others becomes our focus throughout the year. So simple acts of selfless love can open hearts to Jesus, and together we can make a difference. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday, August 12th is our annual Kindness Day. Yes. On this day, there will be fun for the whole family. There are numerous opportunities to get involved with Kindness Day, so be sure to register now to reserve your spot on the team. Now, there's three teams you can be a part of, okay? The first one 
is the team for the Haven Barbecue, where we co-host a summer social at Haven Toronto to serve elder homeless men. So that's an awesome opportunity. The second team is going to be assembling comfort kits for children and youth in foster care. It's another great opportunity. Then lastly, the third team is going to be assembling snack packs to be distributed to the homeless community right here in Mississauga. Amen. Now, for any of these teams that day, be sure to wear your EC merch, just like this, right here. Get it, right on the app or on our website. And also, for those who are unable to attend or participate in person, but you still want to be involved, you can actually contribute through a financial donation right on the EC app. So for more information for any of that, please contact Stacy McHugh to send her an email at community at extraordinarychurch.ca. Now, at this time, please orient your attention to the screen for a special video presentation followed by our senior pastor, Akil Thompson. You know, not too long ago, it was a perfect box of crayons begging to be used. Today, it's coloring the world with your amazing and unique ideas. Seems like yesterday, you carried your favorite lunchbox to school. Today, you're carrying yourself with a great sense of accomplishment. You stood on stages for performances and awards, and now here you stand, awarded a chance to step into the next phase of your life. You worked hard learning to read all those books, and now adventure is at your doorstep. The first day of school, it seemed daunting and surreal. The last day of school is filled with nothing but possibility. That span of time between day one and today, God spent molding you into the person who can tackle the next big thing. He introduced you to your gifts and talents, showed you the things that might excite you in life. He's equipped you for all of your tomorrows and kept you on solid ground for each of your todays. He's promised to go before you, stay above you, carry you, and have your back. Just remember to stay the course and give every day to Him. You've crossed the threshold You've run the first leg of the race. You've accomplished an amazing feat, and we couldn't be more proud of you. Congratulations, graduate. Yeah, why don't we make some noise for the class of 2023? Let's go, let's go, let's go. We are really excited. For the class of 2023, we celebrate what God is doing in your life. And here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to just quickly ask them to come up. Um, Andrew Reganondon, you can come right here. Uh, Joel Rialpa. Joel is not here this afternoon. Come on, Patricia Sokolovsky. Mia Thompson. Dequan Walker, if he is here. And then Jeremy Williams. Come on, Jeremy. Praise God. Give it up for the class of 2023. Y'all do me a favor. Um, all right, class, turn around and look at me. You get to turn around and look at me. I'm going to give you a charge here. Each year we do this because we commemorate what God is doing in your life. Uh, we're going to pray for you in just a moment. We also have a gift for you couple of folks aren't able to be here this Sunday, but today is a momentous day as we celebrate um, just a joyful occasion and honor the outstanding accomplishment and achievement of 
graduating from your respective institutions. We have to my, it just happened to work out this way alphabetically. You know what else I thought was cute? We have nobody, like it starts at R and then we go down to W. I was thinking we just skipped the A's, the C's, praise God. Uh, but you know, we are excited for you. I want you to know not only do I stand here with immense pride uh, and, and joy, I want you to know that our entire Extraordinary Church family is proud of you and admire the work that you have done. Throughout your academic journey, you have no doubt exemplified one of our values, which is extraordinary teachability, but you've also had to model a second one, which is extraordinary agility, because COVID threw some things at you that none of us anticipated, but look at how you have seen and how God has seen you through. You are here, nonetheless, with a diploma in hand, and we celebrate that. Your hard work, your dedication, yeah, you can clap a lot here. This is not like at, you know, I've been to some graduations and I told them already, I was like, y'all, you know I'm going to turn up. You know, when they say your name, I'm going to turn up. So first, if I got an invite, they was like, who is that guy screaming in the back? Only one that was me making all kind of noise, praise God. But your hard work, your dedication, and your perseverance have brought you to this significant milestone. And it's with great pleasure that we join you in commemorating this special occasion. To our high school graduates, we celebrate you as you step beyond the familiar halls of secondary education, and I encourage you to carry with you the principles of faith, compassion, integrity that have been at the core of who Extraordinary Church is. In short, what am I telling you? Make Jesus the center of everything that you do. To our yeah, to our college graduates, you have emerged from what they like to dub as the hallowed halls of academia intelligentsia. I don't know, praise God. I don't know if I felt like that when I was walking down my college hallway or not. I certainly didn't feel like they were hallowed, but nonetheless, hopefully, prayerfully, they have equipped you with the expertise, knowledge, and passion to make an impact. Your accomplishments have not only brought honor to your family and to Extraordinary Church, but more importantly, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to allow him to be the center Allow him to guide you, and I'm telling you, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto you. As you embark upon this new chapter of life, remember that you are not alone. Your EC fam is with each of you every step of the way. Aren't we EC? I want you to know that you can embrace every challenge knowing that we're praying for you, we're praying with you. And that God has given you the goods to make an extraordinary impact. You are allergic to average. Yeah. Yeah. What God has given you and what God is doing in your life is out of the ordinary. Amen? And so I want you to do me a favor, EC fam. I want you to join with me. We're going to pray. Praise God. You all stand. Pastor Barry is going to help me. We're going to anoint these students we're going to pray with them and believe that the hand of the Lord is going to lead them and guide them and sustain them. Amen? Praise God. Now, you notice we don't have any, 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 any pads back there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Yeah, that was good, Sarah. That was good. Now, y'all know, it, hold on, I'm going to because Pastor Barry anoints you with oil. Y'all, praise God, he got me, that, that oil's going to run down. Thank you, I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus. 
Why don't y'all do me a favor, extend your hands this way, and let's pray for these amazing graduates. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so thankful that your hand is upon their life. You're leading and you're guiding them, God. We thank you, Lord, for the fresh oil that's upon them right now in the name of Jesus. There's a strength, there's an equipping, there's a resolve, there's a positioning that's happening right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, they're in a season of graduation. I declare this is a season of newness, of next level, oh Lord God, where they're making different commitments. They're strengthening their resolve and their submission to your lordship. You're guiding them. You're undergirding them. You're strengthening them, God. We know that your hand is upon their life, Lord God, and we thank you and we bless and honor you for this. God. We pray for fresh oil upon them. I pray that you would begin to strategically and divinely orchestrate relationships and connections, God, that would center them in your will. We thank you for this, and we bless you, and we give you honor and praise in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, would you give God honor and praise? So, what we have for you is, you all know Pastor Keel is a Bible nerd, and uh, you will notice that this Bible is not just any type of Bible. Uh, mind you, as long as you have the Word of God, even if it's digital, it's still sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the ability to pierce. Anyway, I won't quote it, but my point is, this Bible is handcrafted. It's from my hometown, Richmond, Virginia. This is a legacy gift. This is a legacy gift to you that will stick with you. And if you take care of it, the Word of God will take care of you. And so we have made this investment in you because we want this to be the foundation for your life. I want you to know if you're ever curious about a thing, the Bible has the answer. The Bible has the answer. And if you will search that thing out, he will make you wiser than all the ancients, the Bible says. And it will help you navigate through the steps of life. And so we celebrate. Grab your gift. Would you make some noise one more time for the class of 2023? Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. We love y'all. We're thankful for you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Y'all go back to your seats. Praise God. We're going to, why don't you remain standing? We're going to continue our worship unto the Lord with our giving. And uh, we're going to go ahead. And I want you to know for your convenience, you can give a number of ways here at Extraordinary Church. You can give online. You can give at extraordinarychurch.ca. You can also give via the app. You can give in person as we are about to do. But I want you to know that your giving makes a difference here at Extraordinary Church. And so I'm going to invite our guest services team to come. Just like when you're giving, you're giving made an investment in these graduates right here. Your giving is making an investment in our children downstairs. When we bring guest speakers in, it's making an investment in what God is doing here. When we go to Haven, Toronto, and serve elderly homeless men, your giving is making a difference. When we put together care packages and we go to uh, the Appeal uh, Children's Aid Society, your giving is making a difference. When you give here, there'll be homeless men and women that will receive packages that will sustain them. You and I don't know what they're praying, but I'm telling you, your giving is positioning the body of Christ to be that answer to prayer. And I thank you for your giving. Give yourselves a round of applause. We believe in extraordinary generosity here at Extraordinary Church. And we celebrate that. So what I want to do is quickly direct your attention to the screen. I want you to make this biblical declaration with us. Are you ready, EC fam? Upon the authority of your word, I have given, and it shall be given to me. 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today in your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. Praise God. You pour blessings upon me that there is not enough room to receive. In you, I have no lack. My giving spreads the gospel for salvation, hope for the hurting, and helps ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus. I give today because I believe his kingdom has come in my city. God, you provide buildings, property, lands, and open doors for the harvest. My city will experience great joy. We're a happy people because he saved us. Praise God. I declare that my whole family is saved and walking with God. I declare divine health and favor, abundance and blessing. I am blessed coming in and going out. Amen. Praise God. Y'all said that like you believe it. Come on and give God praise. We've come to bless his name. It's a beautiful name. Our guest services will wait on you row by row. Finances, what 
Jesus.
And if you know there's nobody to his right or to his left, all over this place, why don't you just begin to lift your hands and give him praise? It's a beautiful name. Hallelujah. Come on, say, you have no Jesus, you brought heaven down. Hear me. I, I, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I do believe the Bible says we'll be caught up together. For those that remain, we'll be caught up together. And I, I, and I know people talk about when I get to heaven, you know, I want to want to talk to Peter. I want to have a conversation with Eve. I want to see my grandmother. 
know, listen, I can assure you, if you know him, he's the only one you want to see. He is heaven. He is the light of the world. And he came and put himself in flesh for you and I. What a God. What a love. What a love. If you're thankful for the love of Jesus, why don't you lift your hands all over this place one more time? Come on and thank him. Come on and bless him. That's beautiful to see hands lifted from all over the place. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here in this place. I'm going to ask that you remain standing for just a moment as I read the word of the Lord. Um, I'm so grateful there are several things that are happening today. Uh, my name is Akil Thompson. I'm the pastor here at Extraordinary Church, and we've said this, but we do believe that we are the perfect church for imperfect people, and we're so glad that you're here today. We also uh, believe by faith, and we declare this, that we are the fastest-growing church in Canada, reaching the world with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. In a little bit, uh, we're going to receive communion, and that's going to take place at the conclusion of our worship experience. And so if you'd like to participate in that, our guest services team and our communion attendants are going to distribute the communion elements at the conclusion or toward the conclusion of the worship experience. And so we want you to participate in that. We're going to have a great time there. Um, if you are interested in taking your next step, the next step in faith, perhaps you feel something. I know I feel the presence of the Lord. You may have been attending for a while. You could have been there for a minute and be like, man, you know what? I'm ready to make that change. I've been waiting. I'm ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to know if you're ready, we're ready. And we have baptismal host, baptismal host with lanyards all throughout the auditorium. You can see one of them and let them know. They'll be glad to get you ready toward the end of the worship experience. Also, we'll open up our altar. When we refer to the altar, you saw a few of us down there lifting up the name of Jesus. Let me just say this. Anybody is welcome to come to the altar during worship. You can join us. But at the conclusion of the preaching, we respond to the word in faith by coming saying, God, I want to know you more. And I want you to do a work in me. And if that's your heartbeat, if that's your prayer, I want you to know that we'll have a group of people that will be here to pray with you. And you can watch God do something remarkable in your life. And so we invite you to join us toward the end of the message. Uh, we make this declaration every Sunday. And I left my, my physical Bible right there on my desk in my office. And so I'm going to open up my Bible app, praise God, on my iPad. And it's going to represent my Bible. But if you would get that Bible of yours up in the air, whether it's digital or physical, praise God. And join me in making this declaration. You can repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. If you believe that, give God praise. Amen. Praise God. I, I believe that. I believe that. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And I am going to time myself starting right now. Praise God. I've been preaching, y'all. I've been preaching. I don't know what I've been doing, but I've been doing it for about an hour each, each Sunday, the last couple of Sundays. Praise God. That's not going to happen today. Let's look at 
First uh, Kings chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Hard questions, not easy questions. Hard questions, difficult questions. Things that, answers that were eluding her. They were elusive. She wanted to get down to things like, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? She, what, why is this happening to me? She had difficult questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. In other words, she just unloaded on Solomon. So Solomon took his time and answered all her questions. Somebody say all. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. <laughs> wow. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, it was true. It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I have heard. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. And I want to preach this thought to you for about 30 minutes. Take my breath away. Take my breath away. Would you lift your hands and help me pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite your presence in this place. Your presence is already here. We invite you to deal with us and to talk with us, God. Our hearts are open. We're reaching out in faith. Anoint me with the type of anointing, God, to preach your word with effectiveness, O oh Lord God. And let the efficacy penetrate our hearts, Lord. Let the anointing break yokes, God. Do a work that only you'll get the glory for and people will know it is not man. It is your doing. We'll give you the thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? High-five somebody next to you and say, you look really good. High-five your other neighbor, tell them you look better. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Some of y'all just look straight ahead. The people next to you look good. The people next to you look good. Praise God. How valuable is one day in God's house. I wonder if we could quantify the value of being in his house just one day. I wonder if we could equate it 
to anything. If we could try to articulate or get our mind around how we could surmise how valuable being in the house of God is just for one day. You know, the Bible answers this question, actually. The 84th Psalm, verse 10, tells us, for a day, just one, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. One day in the house of God is better than a thousand days elsewhere. To serve at God's house is better to live in the palaces of wickedness. To serve in God's house is better than living in the palaces of wickedness. Let me just make it plain. Your worst day living for God is better than your best day living for the devil. Your worst day in church is better than your worst day in the world. I don't know how some people do it, but I have no interest in turning back. I have no interest in looking back behind me. I know what God has done in my life, and it's better than anything I've tasted out there in the world. It's better than any high it can give. It's better than any affirmation it can give. Living for Jesus Christ is better than anything that the world can offer. If you believe otherwise, you've come too late to tell me I've tasted and seen his goodness. I've tasted and I know he's alive and well and lives in me. I've tasted and I've experienced. There's nothing else for me. When I think of the heartache and I think of the confusion, I think of the depression, I think of the destruction that's outside in the world, I've made up my mind, I'm going to stay in the house of God. Just how valuable is God's house? There's a story, a historical account in the Bible that demonstrates the worth and the lasting effects of being in the house of God. As we draw close to our annual Friends and Family Day, August 6th, we're going to pass out invitations at the conclusion of the worship experience, and we want you to grab as many as you can. We had 441 people with us last year. I believe we can have 500. We can break 500 for the glory of God. As we approach that, as we approach that, I, I want us to look at this historical account and draw some parallels, if you will, or some things that I believe will help us. She, she, she being the queen of Sheba, she came from afar off. She had heard about this man named Solomon and all of the splendid things about him. What you have to understand about Solomon is Solomon was a chief economist. He was a fabulous, phenomenal politician. I mean, you name it. I mean, Solomon had it going on in every area of his life. He was the wisest of men. He was affluence personified, really. People enjoyed working for him. Have you ever had somebody you enjoyed working for? If you haven't, I feel sorry for you, but I, I know what it's like to, to work with people and to work for someone where you can't wipe the grin off of your face. You're excited about making a difference, and queen, the queen of Sheba was blown away because her servants evidently were not happy. 
She was like, wait a second. She was like, your servants are happy. Uh, your your cupbearers are happy. The people at the table are happy. The people that greeted me at the door is happy. Everybody is happy, Solomon. Solomon had a lot going on, and she was intrigued so much so that, hear me, hear me, his fame spread beyond his borders. God can do a work that reaches beyond our geographical region. It can get the attention of people up north. It can get the attention of provinces out west. It can get the attention of countries south of us. God can do a work that will draw. Let me just say this. When God does it, it gets the attention. How much did the uh, world, the world was arrested by what, what God was doing in Asbury, Kentucky. I'm telling you, when God does a work, it gets the attention of everyone. So she had heard about this man who was a chief economist and a phenomenal politician and a philosopher, and his wisdom exceeded uh, the boundaries to which he lived and penetrated her own kingdom. Jesus said that she came from the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus called, uh, called her the queen of the south. From the land of Sheba, she came. What is thought to be either ancient Yemen or Ethiopia, the queen came. And you know why she came? She came because she was curious. She had heard of the great and powerful blessings and wisdom that had befallen the son of David, talking about Solomon, King Solomon. She heard of his wisdom. Look at verse 1 of chapter 10, 1 Kings, 1 Kings 10 and 1. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She didn't come to see the architecture. Solomon's temple, if you don't know, was 180 feet long, 90 feet high, wide, excuse me, 50 feet high. The foundation stones are, are so big that today modern engineers can't figure out how they were laid in place. No expense was spared at all. Gold blanketed everything, fam. Bling all over the place. Y'all could have responded a little bit better than that. I mean, dang. I know I'm a Generation X, but I, and I know, I mean, but what I, what I, what I got to do? What I got to do, Nestor? Was it bussing? I mean, what are we doing? Skirt. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. Gold blanketed everything. 3,300 men oversaw the effort. The debt was so massive that Solomon had to pay off the king of Hiram by giving him 20 cities in Galilee. She didn't come to see Solomon's personal home, a work of architecture, if there ever was one. She came to have every question in her heart answered. Look at verse 2 and 3. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. What I want to tell you, the first thing I want to put in your spirit, God's house is where you'll get your answers. 
Perhaps that's why Solomon placed two tall columns at the entrance to God's house. He named them Boaz and Yachin. Boaz in God's strength and Yachin in God's direction. When you, what you need, you can get it at God's house. You take a person away from the house of God, you take them from away from the presence of God, all of a sudden they get confused. All of a sudden things become muddy, things become uncertain. It becomes filled with vague and foggy notions, sometimes harmless enough, yes, but sometimes it can become dangerous. What do people expect? What do people expect when they come to church? According to a study done by Focus on the Family, they expect good preaching, they expect good worship, uh, fellowship, they expect connection, food, good child care, parking, restrooms, uh, all of the amenities that would, you would expect in a first world, right? Those are all great, but somebody in this play came to get their questions answered. Somebody said, yes, the washrooms are nice, yes, the signage is nice, yes, the app is nice, yes, the website is nice, yes, even you are nice. You're even happy, praise God. But I've come to feel somebody else can seem to give me some direction. So I've come to the house of God. You're in the right place at the right time because Jesus Christ is the answer. This is not a fictitious imagination of mine. I'm telling you he's alive and well and real. He is wisdom personified and he's able to not only meet your need but exceed your expectation in such a way where he takes your breath away. It reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar when he petitions Daniel because he's perplexed by some things that are unfolding in his life and Nebuchadnezzar considers himself to be a spiritual man. And since he considers himself to be a spiritual man, he is consulting with astrologers and he's consulting with soothsayers. He's consulting with the spiritual uh, soothsayers of that day. And they can't give him any clarity. They can't give him any clarification. And he's perplexed. And he's heard something about Daniel that puzzles him but yet attracts him. Uh, and Daniel's uh, popularity has penetrated the palace walls, and now King Nebuchadnezzar wants to sit down with Daniel. Daniel is living in Babylon. He is exiled. He has been snatched out of his homeland, and he's living in a place that is foreign to him. But Daniel has some principles and some foundations and some values that have tethered him to say, I will worship no other God but Yahweh, Jehovah. And he is tapped into something. He's got some convictions that are not for sale. They tried to pressure him. They tried to tell him, if you don't do this, then there are going to be consequences. And if you don't do it at this, there's going to... Daniel wasn't worried about any of that. He said, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to practice my devotion unto the Lord. And Daniel has this excellent spirit that captures the attention of Nebuchadnezzar. And I want to share it with you. Look at, uh, look at Daniel chapter 5, verse 14. Daniel chapter 5, verse 14 through 18. As a matter of fact, it reads... I have heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now, the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not give the interpretation of the thing. Look at verse 16, and I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. 
Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, check this out, you shall be clothed with purple, have a chain of gold around your neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Wow. <laughs> Look at verse 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself. Give your reward to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Daniel wasn't moved by any of that stuff. Check out this. This is crazy. Look at verse 18. Here we go. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. Nebuchadnezzar, it wasn't the gods that gave him wisdom. Queen of Sheba, it's not the king of Solomon who gave him wisdom. It's the God of Daniel. It's the God of Solomon. God gave Daniel the insight. God appeared to Solomon at night and said, what is it that I shall give you? And Solomon said, I want divine wisdom. And yet today, you know what we do? We look for a Daniel. We look for a Solomon. We're no different than they were in Jesus' day. We're looking. Are you the one? Do you have the answer? What about you, this politician, whoever it might be, this educator, whatever it might be? And let me just burst your bubble. They don't have the answer. We have someone better who has the answer. We have someone better. Watch this, Matthew 12, 42. Matthew 12, 42. I want you to see this. I'm going to let him get it up. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. What is Jesus trying to tell you? A greater is here. He went on to say, I'm greater than the temple. I'm greater than Jonah. I'm telling you, he's here in this place right now. Wisdom personified. If you have a question, Jesus is the answer. If you're looking for liberty, Jesus is liberty. If you're looking for peace, Jesus is peace. If you're looking for hope, Jesus is hope. If you're looking for salvation, Jesus is salvation. If you're looking for strength, Jesus is strength. Can anybody testify to what I'm talking about? Then give him praise. Thomas said it like this in John 14, 5 and 6. John 14, 5 and 6, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus made it really simple. Thomas, I am the way. Your compass will never be disoriented when you seek it. Your compass will never be off when you seek him first. Listen, seek ye first the kingdom because he is the way. You never have to worry about if you're in his will when you're seeking him first. You'll never be confused about why am I here when you're seeking him first. 
You'll never wonder what in the world is going on when you're seeking him first. You'll have a peace and an assurance and a confidence that I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'm not. Let me just help somebody out. Those that think you got a ministry and you feel like God's called you to preach, you don't need to worry about preaching on Instagram. You don't need to worry about preaching on TikTok. You don't need to worry about business cards. You need to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What am I telling you? He is the way. There's no other way. No other way. He is the truth. Truth. Truth cannot be changed. Listen. This I know. Some people, you know, some people have those, you have those awkward moments. And you see, you know, like, I can go up to people, I'm like, hey, look, you know, I'm going to try this hat on. I'm, they want me to try the hat on. I'm like, I'm not going to try the hat on. I'm like, the hat's not going to fit. I got a big head. Oh, they're like, your head's not that big. I know the truth. How are you going to look me in my face and tell me my head is not big? What are we doing? I've done the measurements, fam. I know the truth. It's seven and three quarters. Listen. <laughs> and y'all look me right in my face talking about some men ain't big. Stop lying. The truth. The truth. I remember growing up and I played little league. I played all sports. And the, and the coach was like, oh, we got all helmets. Don't worry about it. I was like, coach, it's not going to fit. He was like, this is big enough, I'm telling you. He's trying to push it down on my head. I was like, coach, it's not going to fit. The truth is the truth. Listen, I love you all. This is a mustard chair. And we do the best we can with it, praise God. But it's a mustard chair. It, it's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus is the truth. You, it's absolute settled. He is the life. Jesus is the life. No one can come to the Father except through Christ. He is life and hope. And I'm telling you, when you taste and see, of his love and his life, you will quickly conclude there is no other way because every other way left you in darkness. Every other way left you unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Every other way left you guessing. But when you know that you know when you've experienced the God that I've experienced, you too will stand and declare, I know him to be true. I know him to be the life. I know him to be the way. The living Lord is in this house. He's here to answer questions. He's here. He's here. Look at verse 4 of 1 Kings chapter 10. Verse 4, it says, self, Siri wants to tell me something. I did not ask you to say anything. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 4. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entry by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. 
This was amazing. She was overwhelmed. Let me read it to you out of the Amplified. Check this out. Verse 5. The food on his table. This is crazy. The food on his table. Uh, the seating of his servants, court officials. The attendance of his waiters and their attire. His cupbearers, his stairway by which he went up to the house, temple of the Lord. She was breathless and awed by the wonder of it all. Listen to it in the contemporary English Bible. The food on his table, the servants' quarters, the function and dress of his attendants, his cupbearers, and the entirely burned offerings that he offered at the Lord's temple. It took her breath away. It took her breath away. She was in awe. Point number two, God's house, the place where wonder can be restored. Life has a way of painting a drab coat of gray across everything. Things get familiar. The sparkle is gone. But can I tell you, the house of God sparkles. Everything in Solomon's house was covered with gold. From floor to ceiling, the furnishings covered with gold. Gold forks, fam. Gold knives, gold tables, gold chairs, not just gold, pure gold, shimmering gold. The church should sparkle the same way. The church is either a place for dancing or weeping, but it is not a place for indifference. Either you are moved to dancing or you are moved to weeping. But his presence should move us nonetheless. God's house is a house of wonder. Where else can you take ashes of mourning and turn them into the oil of gladness? Where else can you enter in one way and leave another? Where else can you come in lame and leave walking? Where else can you enter in sightless but leave insightful? Where else can you enter in cold but come out hot? Where else can you come in discouraged but leave encouraged? Where else can you be told the truth and love it? Where else can you find flaws but grace to cover it? It's a wonderful place, the house of God. I'm glad and I know, I know, I know, I know. This building might be dated, but can I tell you? This is, the building doesn't make extraordinary church extraordinary church. And these mustard chairs don't make extraordinary church extraordinary church. The glory of God, the supernatural, the only thing that makes us out of the ordinary is his presence is here. It's alive and well, and that's why the place is full. That's why people will try to get in here. That's why they're not worried about one bathroom or one bathroom downstairs. It's the glory of God. I want the glory. I want the power and presence of Jesus Christ. Somebody give him praise. That's what's changing lives, fam. That's what's changing lives. Hear me. I wish I could talk about it. Let me, let me just hurry up because my time is telling me. My, my watch is talking to me. Here, listen to what the queen said. She thought it was wonderful. She went on to say, it's better than what I've heard. You ever been somewhere 
And you're like, man, it's better than what I thought. What is it? I had no idea it was going to be like that. What are we doing? Look at verse 6. She says, then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came to see it with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom whew, and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you. You need to know he delights in you. Setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king. Talking about a people, by the way, not a geographical location. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. What impressed the queen? The wisdom and the happiness. Happy, happy, happy. Do you think there are people that haven't heard of Extraordinary Church? Yeah, 100%. Do you think that they might desire for those that have heard about it to hear if it's true? I believe so. And when they get here, they'll find something more powerful than the carnal churches of this world. They'll find something more powerful and wonderful than worldly entertainment. They'll find that this place is filled with wonder. They'll find that it's filled with abundant joy. Our answer, we are a sparkling church, not in material, obviously. But we are a super church filled with faith. We are a super church filled with hope. We are a super church filled with power and love. And it will take somebody's breath away. It'll take somebody's breath away that there's a place here where conservatives and liberals and independents can gather and there's not division and divisiveness and backbiting and under, yeah, there's a place where everybody is welcome. There's a place where black people and white people and brown people and yellow people and red people and purple people, all kinds of people, that's the point I'm trying to tell you, are welcome here. Why? Because this is the church. This is the kingdom of God. And they'll wonder, how is it possible? Takes their breath away. There's a place where the drug addict can find hope. There's a place where the single mother can find hope. There's a place where the divorcee can find hope. There's a place where the widow can start over again. There's a place for everybody here at Extraordinary Church. And it can take our breath away. It can take our breath away because I'm not interested in practicing religion. Thank you, Isaiah. I might have to preach to this young man. I'm not interested in a religion because religion is not changing anybody's life. This is why I am perfectly okay with dealing with. I told y'all we, we weren't covered in gold. Praise God. Y'all weren't here when we thought something was possessed with a, we thought somebody was hissing. Praise God. Y'all think I'm making this stuff up. I'm not. But we had to rebuke that. You know, I'm just kidding. It was just, we had to get a new boiler system, praise God. But this stuff isn't changing anybody's life. 
But what's changing people's lives is the fact that they can come and they'll be loved. And guess what? They'll be loved right where they are. That's what's going to change people's lives. When, when, when Paul, I told you this last week, and we, we get it, and we like to, we like to talk about this because we always like, we get in so much trouble when we use fragmentary teaching and preaching, don't you? Let me just make a statement right now. I'm going to help somebody. Now, what I'm about to tell you is going to mess some of you up, but just stick with my logic, okay? If you're really committed to being a follower of Jesus Christ, you should not just, oh, I'm going to open up to Genesis 12, 22. And then I'm going to go to Leviticus 13, 11. And then I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 2 and 3. You need, don't read fragmentary. It will get you in a world of trouble. Take a book. It might take you six months to get through that book. Unless you're reading Jude. You can read Jude in about five minutes. Slowly. Okay? You can get through Titus and a couple of others too pretty quickly. Praise God. But... Do that and you'll get context. You'll get the totality of what's being said, who it's being said to, why it's being said, and you'll have a greater understanding. So when we read in Corinthians and we like to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and we like to talk about love, see, we talk about love and we talk about love in this figment, uh, this imagination of ours that just, oh, love, 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 love. That's what we tell everybody, you know, that's what we do. But Paul tells us right from the beginning, he says, I appeal to you by the authority of Jesus Christ that there be no division among you. When he's doing that, he's saying, I'm appealing to you by the love of God. He is love. And the reason why we love everybody is not like love. I'm not doing that again. It felt weird. We love everybody because he loved everybody. We don't care who you are, where you come from. He not only loved them, he robed himself in flesh, died for them, got up again, not only for them, but for me. And if he did it for me, I know he'll do it for them. We're here to love everybody. All right. Let me hurry. Point number three. Look at verse 13 of chapter 10, 1 Kings 10, 13, and I'm going to close. Now King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, besides what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. This is crazy. The next thing I want to point out is she left with more than what she came with. God's house is the only place you get more than what you bargained for. The queen of Sheba came to give Solomon something, but she returned with more than she imagined. Praise God. The version of this account in 1 Chronicles states all the more powerfully that regardless of the fine gifts of the queen, queen of Sheba, Solomon gave her far more in return. This is so crazy because if you give, if you give, I want you to know this. I'm talking to all of my extraordinary givers out there that practice extraordinary generosity. The queen, here's, here, here's the deal right here. When you give, see, the queen of Sheba knew this too. If you want the breath knocked out of you, if you want your breath to be taken away, you better come with a gift. It's interesting. It's interesting. At this very moment right now, 
in Ethiopia, they are uncovering what they believe to be just four feet beneath the earth's surface right now. They are digging and they believe they have found Sheba's empire. Gold all over the place. They're saying right now, you can, you can just Google this and read the articles yourself. There are a plethora of articles. Right within the city, right within the heart of the city is a house of worship. It has an outer court, an inner court, and even a holy of holies. The queen of Sheba got more than she bargained for. She found the God of the house to take home with her. So much so that we find out later in Acts that an Ethiopian eunuch is reading. <laughs> Praise God. I want us to stand, and I'm going to ask Mia to come. I can say this now. I'm going to ask Pookie to come. Couldn't say it last week. Jesus said that the queen of the south would rise up in the last days and judge those who took his presence for granted. She came from the uttermost parts of the earth. She brought an offering. She asked her questions. She had her eyes opened. And she took something home with her. Praise God. You know what? Jesus looked at a group of people and he said, I'm greater than everything that you've esteemed in your world. He said, I'm, I'm greater than Jonah. And, and Jonah preached and the entire region repented. Every single person repented. God spared the city. And he looked at them and he said, behold, a greater than Jonah is here right now. He said Solomon in all of his splendor, all of his wisdom, how profound it might have been. He said, behold, a greater than Solomon is here right now. Jesus looks at these people and says, the temple, this structure that you have erected, that you revere and you like to frequent, he said, that I'm greater than that, and I'm here right now. Some of us are facing things right now that have bogged us down, that have tripped us up, that have confused us and left us stranded. Some of us feel like we've been left for dead. And you might think you're here on your own volition, but I'm telling you that God in his goodness and in his mercy is drawing you. I know this for a fact. His grace and his forgiveness will take your breath away. When you receive his spirit, it will take your breath away. For you'll begin to speak in another language as the spirit gives you the ability to speak. It will take your breath away. The fact that he has the ability to heal and take care of that cancer right now will take your breath away. I'm in awe of his redemption. I'm in awe of his grace. His love is taking my breath away. How could a God love me, die for me, when I'm guilty, I'm wrong. 
I'm the one who has sinned. I'm the one who has mocked him, scourged him, and run away from him. And yet he chases me down. He forgives me and keeps on forgiving. Even when I say I'm not going to do it again, and I turn around and do it. He doesn't run away from me. He runs to me. He washes me. He picks me back up again. And he gives me the victory like I did the fighting. And all I had to do was lift my hands in worship. I didn't do any of the fighting. Our God takes our breath away. His presence is here. And here's what I'd like to do. We're going to transition into communion. It's in moments like this. We're so thankful for all of you that have joined us online. We appreciate you watching. God bless you. Come back and join us again in person. Our guest services team is coming, and they're going to distribute the communion elements. They're going to share them.